It is Friday, August 12th, 2022. Welcome to Baseball Today. I'm Trevor Plouffe. That is not Chris Rose. He's still doing one of his thousands of other jobs that he has. That is my good friend, Aussie Peter Moylan in the red shirt, white ball cap looking fly. Mm. Peter, what's going on, man? Me, I'm just living, man. I'm just, uh, I actually have my first week off in a long time. So I'm going to enjoy this baseball today with you. And then I'm going to shut it down for the rest of the day. I love it. Anything else like planned during the week or like, what do you, what's going on, man? I, my daughter and I haven't had a lot of time, so I'm sure she's going to drag me around the place. I'm either going to be playing Barbies or I'm going to be on the trampoline. I'm going to be doing something over, in that capacity over the next 12 to 24 hours. Plus Bluey season three just came out. If you guys <laughs> haven't got on Bluey yet, get yourself season three. It's unbelievable. I like Bluey. Bluey it's does so it for me funny, a little bit. Dude. <laughs> All right, let's talk not bluey. Let's talk baseball. Okay. We're going to start out with something fun, the Field of Dreams game. It happened yesterday. The Cubs went 4-2 to two over the Reds, and there was a ton of great moments. For me, it was the Griffies uh, walking out of the cornfield, playing catch, all the other families coming out into the field to join them. That really like kind of gave me goosebumps a little bit. Um, what was your favorite part? There were so many things. We had the, the Hap and Votto mic'd up, the Ray Liotta tribute, eight different Hall of Famers in uh, attendance, the hologram. Peter, yeah. what was your favorite thing about the game last night? I don't know if you know this about me, Trevor, but I used to wear number 24 because of Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, all the way up. And I just, everything that that man does is amazing. Seeing those two guys out there live out that dream, the cornfield, the theater of the whole event, the way that they do it, it's just beautiful. I just think it's it's so it's such a pure baseball experience. And then you see all the rest of it that goes with it. That Harry Carey uh, hologram was was it was. I've just seen the highlights. I turned it off before then, but I've seen the highlights on Twitter. And did it look as good as it looked on Twitter in in real life? Because that was kind of crazy to me. I don't know why any artist actually performs anything <laughs> in real time anymore. I would just be a hologram because it looked great. And man, like everything was so special about the night. And we've talked about this before on our, our media channel here. Like baseball needs to continue to do stuff like this. Like the field of dreams. That's a layup, bro. Like this yeah. is a movie that's ingrained in our culture. It brings back the past. It brings in the present of baseball. Great we need to start doing other stuff like this. I've mentioned before about, you know, let's, let's do a, uh, in San Diego, let's have, you know, a big action producer, get a hold of the stadium, set up his cameras, you know, big explosions after a home run, stuff yeah. like that. Like, cause this is the aesthetic here, not only like the gameplay and all that stuff. It's great, but the aesthetic, the uniforms, the way the cameras are like the sun setting over the cornfields, like people everything dressed up, people dressed yeah. up in old Tommy gear. It's awesome. Ex exactly it's dude, this is the this is an entertainment business we yeah. forget that sometimes you know like yes it's sports nothing scripted but it is entertainment okay and like you say that and it, it that's a 100 true because when you look at the skate we are we're not just fighting against other sports we're fighting for the attention and the the, the attention of people that's up against Netflix, Hulu, you name it like we need Bluey. to start exactly exactly <laughs> we need I'm with you. And I don't like the Nickelodeon thing the NBA did was awesome. It got the kids involved. It was different. I'm with you. I'm with you, Trev. That was the NFL, Peter. I understand. Australia. You don't, I don't like, know. You same don't sport, like football. Dude. Same sports. <laughs> same sport. 
I love you, Peter. Turns out Bluey is going to be our next venture in MLB. You heard it here first. Peter Moylan is here. You might be directing it. I might be. I'm the voice. I can definitely have a character role in there because I sound just like everyone. We've got the keepy uppies and the past the parcels. Honestly, that's probably what we need to do. Feel the dreams. This is this is relating to the older crowd, the older generation. You know, some of us watched it with our, our parents, stuff like that. But like, yeah, we might need to do a Bluey game. I like that, actually. All right. Yeah, Peter's writing it down, guys. Okay. Now, that was fun. Let's get back to the real grind of baseball, the dog days. Usually, I don't talk starting pitchers when Chris Rose isn't here because you know how I feel about him. But there's a few guys that I actually really like. A couple get me excited. Framber Valdez is an absolute guy, guy, Peter. He goes seven innings pitch, shuddy. Eight Ks, one walk. It's his 19th consecutive quality start. It's his 19th consecutive quality start as a former pitcher and especially Mm -hmm. as a reliever. Yeah. What does that mean to you? So let me give you a little bit of a glimpse into the reliever life. Uh, it's We like to plan things out. And one of the things that you do plan is that you look at the upcoming schedule and you see where you might be able to get a day off. That would be Framber Day for me. It was Tim Hudson back in the day. You knew when Huddy was coming out. It was basically going to be, because I was a sixth, seventh inning guy back then. So you knew that Huddy was genuinely going to get into that sixth or seventh inning. So you basically have a spa day. Maybe you decide to go out the night before. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I don't know, but that tells me that Fram is going to go out there like Sandy Alcantara, dude. Those two guys, there's just certain guys like a Scherzer. There's just certain guys that you just look at and you go, they're going to go out there and get it done. And even if they struggle, you can see them just grind it through and just just settle everything down and still be able to get through five or six innings. It's just those are the kind of guys you need. Framber kind of started out as a joke on talking baseball because he was on the mound and he had this like tiny little glove. It looked like a little infielder's glove. And we just started like laughing and like, we love this guy. Like he was dealing, but we just thought it was kind of, it was just fun for us. Framber has turned himself into a horse, a guy that you're talking about that you can just in the bullpen, kick back and relax. Okay. And the Astros have a couple of them. We'll talk about that. He works Uh quick too. The pace that he works with is quick. He's not sitting around, messing around. Infielders are on their toes. Outfielders are ready to make plays. It's all good. And he's throwing his heater, 95 top of the zone. He's got elite spin on the curveball. Hitters are hitting 145 against this curveball. This guy is electric, man. And, you know, I the Astros are just so good. good. they have like two or three of those guys that they can kick back and say, Hey, we're good. And this to me is a reason why they're one of the favorites in the postseason every year, because the bullpen is probably fresher than some of these other teams that are really, you know, working that five and dive type of mentality. Yeah. Because you have to rely so heavily on relievers all throughout the year, but Granted, we did see if you can get on a roll as a bullpen and you can I'm not talking I'm talking like from this point on. You you can't rely on your bullpen from April all the way through, but you saw what the Braves were able to do and be consistent and find something and then they just roll. But that's the confidence and the consistency in the back end and from the starting rotation that causes that. I love Framber. Uh he's a guy uh, he had everything working last night. Good job, Framber. And I don't think he used that little glove anymore, so I'm a little kind of disappointed in that, but uh, keep doing your thing, man. Moving on, second question. We got a viral White Sox tweet. Jay Kuda, 
dug up the Sox record over various points. And let's just say, Peter, it's uninspiring. It's actually First half, incredible. 500. Second half, 500. Since 1978, 500. But you keep this going. Team, it, you could just keep going. They are as 500 as 500 gets. And this is not what we expected out of this team. So my question to you, Peter, do we need to stop talking about them? We can't stop talking about them with the roster that they have. I know they're dealing with a lot of shit right now, but still, it's like, Trev, you can't look up and down that that roster and think that they can't be competitive if they can get something going. But we keep saying that, Peter. I, I just, I don't understand. What you know, is it? Can... Is it the culture? Is it the fact that their manager falls asleep in the first inning? What is it? Like, I don't understand. Does it feel like he's lost control of that team? Is I don't, I don't speak to anybody in that clubhouse on a regular basis. I speak to Liam Hendricks every now and then, but it's never about, hey, man, what's going Like, I don't know what the problem is in that White Sox clubhouse. Or if it, if it is a clubhouse problem, is it a front office problem? Okay, that's kind of like the second part of this question because we have heard some rumblings. Jimmy's going to get really into it with me about this topic on Talking Baseball later okay. today. But there was uh, an article that came out, Johnny Cueto mentioning like sometimes we have no fire. Or we need the fire back. And Tony La Russa kind of pushed back at that and said, what are you talking about? That's that's not true. And then there were other quotes. Lucas Giolito was mentioned in there saying, yeah, like sometimes we don't have the fire. Like, this is a problem. Jerry Blevins uh, came on the show yesterday. We, we talked about it on the ant portion a little bit, yeah. saying the same thing. It just looks like they're, it's uninspired baseball. They're not, they had a couple guys were given the okay to not run out ground balls during the year because they wanted to stay healthy. And it's like you can't set that tone, Peter, and expect mm. to come out and win baseball games. So, but you can't blame the, that's, that's not on. That's, that's the way the game's going, Trev. Like the gone are the days where you're grinding out Freddie Freeman, Whit Merrifield, these kind of guys, they want to play every single day and they're forced to take days off because they're trying to monitor. It's because it's become very scientific. They try and measure everything and make sure that nobody, but if it was working so well, we'd have no injuries and everybody right now we have more injuries than ever. So clearly something has to change. I think it's person by person, but I think, you can't have a few guys doing that and expect other guys to be going and young playing. guys. How's that an example for a young guy? You're a young guy, exactly. 21 years old. And you're like, Oh, fuck. Why am I going to, why am I going to run anything out if he doesn't have to? So we've been talking about this, like the white Sox need to the moment, whether it's a brawl, whether it's some guy in the clubhouse. No, I'm serious, man. Yeah. Like Chris, cutting up all the jerseys. Boys, whatever it may be. And I'm thinking, is this article, the spark that lights the fire because they are going to be talking about this. Tony La Russa, you know, like whatever. I, I hate talking about this guy. He was pissed. So, you know, there's some, he wanted, he said, this is a conversation to keep in the clubhouse. Well, you know what? I'm happy that, that Cueto mentioned it to the media because now like they're going to have to address this problem. Right. And I'm hoping, right. I'm hoping man, that this is the spark that lights the fire because you're right, Peter, this roster is too damn good to be 500 this roster is too damn good to be middling around, not doing anything. But this should have happened a month ago. This should have a month ago then. If that's the case, then you shouldn't have waited till now because right, there's six, what? How, much, how many weeks left in the season? Eight, eight weeks left in the season, maybe? Yeah. Like I know Seven that you weeks. can turn it around. I, I understand that. But this should have happened when you saw the writing on the wall. This has been a 500 team since 1970. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, no, like. 
I like honestly, I'm not even sure if this guy's tweet is like real. I think right. it is, but like it seems fake to me. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so because we've just done a whole lot of talking about something that's fake. If that's the case, I don't know. This is it. I go. I talk a lot about how managers don't really matter. You got to play the game on the field, but there's a couple things they can do, and inspiring and an uninspired team is yeah. one of them. Like right. Tony Larusa, like you said a month ago, needed to go flip some fucking chairs over in the clubhouse. He needed to go call a meeting and yell at some dudes, get them fired up. Like right. players expect that. Players need that from time to time. We're playing 162 games in 180 days. It gets monotonous, dude. It really does. And then if you're not winning games and you're kind of just going about the motions, you need someone to kick you in the butt sometimes. Whether that's a veteran player, whether that's your manager, whatever, it just hasn't happened yet. I think this might be the moment. What do you think about the whole back in the day when the Russo was managing in his peak? I'm not saying he's he's past it, but he's certainly not of course he's in past his, his peak, peak right Peter. Now. Right. You can say okay. it's okay. So back in the day, it was players managing players managers didn't have to go in there and police the players ever now i think i think it can be both i think you know depending on the team if you like this is a veteran laden team like they should have taken this upon themselves 100 like i i can't believe lance lynn didn't do this already i can't believe he hasn't thrown maybe shit. he has maybe he has we just don't know maybe we, maybe because it hasn't had an effect we don't hear about it i've t i mean him him and um Joe McEwing, the third base coach, got into it a little bit in the dugout, but I've talked to guys and it's kind of just blah. Mm. So maybe this is it, man. I, I for, so. for Chicago's sake, I hope so. That's a too good. A, that's south side of Chicago, man. When they get going, you can see when the Paul Canercos and all those guys were rolling. That team was good. That was a fun city to watch baseball in. Oh, Paul Canerco and Jim Tomey never would have <laughs> let this happen. Love those guys. Yeah. All right, let's move on. I can't. That's... I'm sick of talking about them. Jeez, man. Uh, Phillies at Mets. Massive well, series. Next. next. Uh, I'll get to your Braves question. Phillies at Mets starting up a massive series in Flushing. All the horses, Pete, are going. We got Suarez versus Scherzer, Nola versus DeGrom, Wheeler versus I'm not sure. They haven't announced mm. it yet. Yeah. Maybe someone uh, can let us know later on. Uh, would you rather be there to watch this series or – in St. Louis to catch the weekend series against the Brewers. I'm not. It's not even a question for me because of where my my uh, where my <laughs> I'm a Braves guy. I mean, I want to go see somebody beat up on someone else in the West. And when you got the two guys that are chasing one team above, one team below, that's a great situation for the Braves because someone's going to lose ground. Now, having said that, the Phillies and the Mets are a good team. The Brewers are interesting for me right now. I don't know what they're doing, but. Uh, they seem to be playing okay. The Central is going to play out, but I really think the East is going to be a shit fight. And I don't think we've seen that's where where they are right now is not where they end up. Did you say a shit fight? Yeah. This is why is, I bring you on. This is, is why I bring word you, you guys on say? here. Peter, this is why we love you on the show because now I have a new word to say. There you go. I don't know. Did you answer the question? Which one do you want to go I want to go to Phillies and Mets because I'm so invested in the NL East, obviously. But sure. as I said, we are – it's going to be – I think the Braves haven't hit their stride yet. The Phillies are going to get Harper back. The Mets are finding something. The Mets are really good. The Mets are Buck Showalter. I've underestimated Pete Alonso. Lindor effect is real. McNeil is great. 
Like the whole team is is gelling, but I just don't think they have the star power and the I don't know. I don't know how that goes in the playoffs. Okay, look, I'm glad you answered that. Of course, I'd love to go see these games. I love this matchup. Uh, unfortunately, Schwarber's probably going to miss it. You got a little mild uh, calf cramps. So that kind of sucks for the Phillies. Um, this is a seems like a postseason matchup, possibly. Great. But this St. Louis Brewers series, they're separated by a half game right now. And it's crazy because they faced, they faced off 12 times so far this year. Six and six, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, they split four in St. Louis. They split eight in Milwaukee. The Cardinals have scored 48 runs in the 12 games. The Brewers have scored 44. Evenly matched, man. Evenly matched. And what's interesting, this year, because there's no game 163, Pete, the tiebreaker is is head-to-head. Wow. It's like these games mean a lot. If they end up... Um, Which they're going to be. If they end up tied at the end of the year, like these are the matchups that you want to see. I love the Cardinals. I say they have a complete roster because I really believe they do. Like DeYoung's kind of coming on there. Like I'm really happy for him. Um, and then the Brewers, Jerry and I talked about yesterday. Hold on, Pete. Let me okay. finish, bro. Okay. We talked about the Brewers offense, criminally underrated, even by me, a guy who like, that's my team this year. I've been, ho- I've been waiting for this offensive upgrade. They might not need it. They're, they're fine offensively. I love this matchup. So if I had to choose, I'm going to St. Louis to see this series. I think it's, one of the better kind of like matchups we have in baseball now is the Cardinals versus the Brewers. Yes, Peter, you raised your hand. What you got? I just want to know why they traded Josh Hader. I want to know what happened. Something had to have gone down there, man. You want to know why? I yes. think I know why. Tell me why. Okay. Well, there's a couple different readers, uh, reasons, Peter. Um, one, he's going to make like $16 million next year. And like for Brewers, I don't think they wanted to pay that. Okay. Two, He's having some issues with his release point on his fastball. It's higher this year than it ever has been. So, like, it's 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 messed up, you know, his late life. His perceived yeah. velocity, sure. velocity is down. And that's kind of why he's getting hit. Like, at the top of the zone, like, guys are either laying off that pitch or they're hitting that pitch. And that never used to happen to him. And it's because of that release point. And I don't know. I haven't talked to Josh. I don't know if this is, like, him – not wanting to change, not being able to change. Like I, I'm not sure what the reason is. It seems to me, as I talk to pitchers all the time, that release point you and and, and they know that the data's there. Seems like that'd be a pretty easy fix. Right. But is it not? Yeah. No. Well, I see. I came. My pitching career was based on video. That was the best that I got. Rap Soto and, and Trackman came right at the end, but I never really took advantage of it. I feel like now there's with with all the thing that's with all everything that's being captured, you you can capture every swing, you can capture every stance. Hawkeye's in every stadium now, so you should see the data these guys are getting. That arm slot fix is literally just a matter of going, well, this is where you're at and you need to be here. I don't think that that that's should be a bigger deal where you go, oh, he's never gonna find it again and we should trade him. I, I know, but the, like I said, they've had this data for a while. So like you think, hey, go throw a bullpen. Let's figure some stuff out. It just hasn't happened all year. So I'm wondering if it's like so it's saying, is it a stubborn thing for it, for right. him? Is it just like he can't do this anymore? Is it hurting his arm? I'm not. I'm I'm guessing here, people, but there's something when, going on. When I w- when we were out there, when the Braves went out to Milwaukee, I was in the booth, and he'd just come off of a 10 day IL stint, and he came in and he was dominant, and he was dominant for a couple of weeks. But I don't know what has happened since then for him to to 
to turn it around so badly. But he threw 40-something pitches, and after 20-something pitches the day before, first two outings in San Diego. Yeah, he had a really tough um, outing. He walked a bunch of people. 60 and the, pitches in two days was yeah, the most he's ever thrown. Yeah, he, he has not looked like himself. The first, I think his first outing in San Diego, he went one, two, three, and then he walked a bunch of people, and then Machado okay. had to save him with the walk-off homer. So, I mean, that was kind of, to answer your question, I think there, there, there was something that Milwaukee saw, and they said, okay. hey, let's, let's, let's get ahead of this. Sorry to interrupt. All right, now, Peter. Yes. We can hook you up. We want to talk Braves. Let's go. Let's go. First, shout out to our guy, Freed. He went to yeah. the I.L. with concussion symptoms. He'll be He's, okay, I we think. We saw that together. We did. We wondered what was going on. We thought he was a little bit embarrassed on that play. It was kind of a – what was that? A kind of ground ball. No, so he covered first, and then there was a misplay, and he had to go and pick That's it up and try to make the throw to home, and his feet went from under him, and he effectively landed on his head and shoulder on the ground. So – so hopefully you're all right, Free. We love you, baby. Yeah. This is my question to you about the Braves, Peter. Actually, mm. it's not a question. It's a demand. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Give me one thing the Braves need to do to be better. Excuse me. That's a dumb way to state that question or statement. <laughs> Thank you for marking that down. Give me one thing the Braves need to do better in order to repeat as champions. It comes down to one name, honestly, and yeah. it's the Ronald Acuna Jr. effect. We've seen Ronald in years past be the best player in baseball, hands down. We've not seen that from Ronald this year. We've seen glimpses of what he can be. And over the last two weeks or last road trip, he started to get his singles and started to drive the ball and he started to feel a little bit more confident at the plate. He's been working so hard this year getting to the field early, taking BP, working with the hitting coaches, working with everybody. Cano was there for a while. Like he's been trying to find it. And I think once he finds it, this team's going to roll. But Riley has to maintain what he's doing right now. Olsen has to pick it up just a little bit. We just got Kirby Yates back. Rysela Iglesias has been really nice. So those back end of the bullpens with Yates, Iglesias, and Jansen with Matzik and Dylan Lee. And so the bullpen's no issue. Freed on the IL is a little bit of a question for me. Hopefully he'll come back. He'll be just as good as he was. Um, but I just think that uh, it's just going to, it's going to be a, a war. I, I'm so, like there's so many games that are lined up in our division too, that it's just this week we've got the Mets for four and Houston for three or, or one of the two. So this week in itself is going to be massive to see where we're at. Okay, so basically you're telling me they need to kind We're of good. maintain status quo. We're good. And Ronald Acuna Jr. needs to step it up a little bit. That's a tall uh, tall ask of Austin Riley to keep going the way he's going. That guy is putting up a massive – to me, Peter, he's number two in the NL MVP behind Paul Goldschmidt, which is crazy to think, dude. This guy's a young dude still. He's 25, right? Like he has become one of the best third basemen in baseball. And that's a very difficult position – to say that about. I mean, there's well, some you really, know, really good third basemen out there. You know more than anyone. And I have to ask you this because I don't know what it's like to be on a roll as a hitter. I know how good I felt when I felt like I could get anybody in the big leagues out at any point. But that stretch went for about two or three months. Riley's been doing this for about two months now. As a hitter, is this something that you could just feel he's got something that he's been able to lock in and that's changed his whole approach at the plate? 
You know, I think it's confidence and it's it's eyeballs at the big league level. Like you see, you start to get these at bats under you and you start to see these guys, these pitchers. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, like they got nothing that they can do or nothing that I haven't seen before. And then it's like, okay, well, what can I do? Like I, I can, whether he's gained strength, gained core strength, lost a little bit of weight, whatever it is, you can start to refine yourself. And then it's like, bam, I saw it a lot with guys who just took that next step. It's And a lot of it is just confidence because yeah. when you get to the big leagues, it's fucking scary, man. Pitchers <laughs> are really good and it's day in and day out. And I've told this story before, but I love, I love bringing it back. Um, I was in double A. Floyd Rayford was my hitting coach. And there was the guy, there was some guy who was like dominating double A and we were facing him. And we were get he was he was pitching really well against us. And Floyd's in the dugout and he's kicking the trash can. And he's like, Y'all, excuse my language, y'all motherfuckers better step it up, or I'm gonna go watch my soaps. That's what he used to he used to love watching soap operas. He was threatening to leave the game to go watch his soap operas because we were not impressing him <laughs> enough. So I said, Floyd, I was like, dude, this like, what do you mean, bro? Like, we're battling here. This this is one of the best pitchers in the in in our league, dude. Yeah. And he goes, Ploofy, he goes, Take a look at him right now. If that guy goes to the big leagues, you think he's going to be an ace? I was like, I don't know. He goes, no, he's going to be a fist starter. And if you can't hit a fucking fist starter, you should need to pack your shit up and go home. And I was like, oh, my God. It resonated with me because that's true. You get to the big leagues, there are animals out there, man. And and it gets overwhelming sometimes. So, you know, to go back to Riley, like, he's just feeling more and more comfortable. He's understanding, hey, if I do my routine, like, I'm going to be good. And that is a feeling, man. You know, it's tough to keep it all the time, but he's got it right now. Speaking of uh, big leagues being a scary shit, shout out to Vaughn Grissom and his big night, opening night, by the way. If you guys didn't talk about that, to see how Vaughn Grissom got called up because Arcia got hurt, goes two for five with a tank outside, out of Fenway. Yeah, and he he, he pimped it a pimped, little bit, Peter. He's just, dude, have you seen his interviews? Have you seen the charisma this kid carries himself with already? He's on your hot boy list in six months, guaranteed. I know. I was just going to say kind of a hot guy. Okay, we're getting silly now. That's Sorry. fine. Last question here on the Go. YouTube version of the show. Dusty Baker. Mm. We love him. <laughs> what? Hot boy to Dusty Baker. It's a perfect segue, Peter. All right. It's perfect. Yeah. So he's in quarantine right now. Hopefully he's doing all right. He doesn't have Peacock, which is where the game was being played, so he couldn't watch his team play, right? I don't know. A lot of streaming things going on right now. Just stick to our YouTube channel. So instead of watching the game, he opted for a Bob Marley documentary. My question to you, Peter, is what are your top three movies? Wow. This wasn't on the email. You just dropped this on me. So this no, is great. No, it was, it was definitely, I definitely emailed this to you. Okay. Well, my number one movie is probably Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Uh, up there, see, up there is definitely The Joker. Um, okay. The, this, the, new, the one new one that came out. The new with, one. Uh, okay. Yep. Yep. And, oh, man. Schindler's List. You just watched Schindler's List. I did just watch Schindler's List. Not long you ago. told me that. Okay, so you got two heavy movies, and then I guess the Joker's a heavy movie too. You're a heavy, a heavy movie, movie guy. I just like being. I like. I like to be taken other places when I'm watching a movie. Okay. 
and in life, really. I was gonna. I wanted to ridicule you, and I wanted everyone to make fun of your movie choices. But I got to be honest, pretty good movie choices. I'm gonna go. Mine are a little more silly because I like to feel good at a movie theater. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, no doubt, best movie of all time. It's not even fucking close. Get out of here. Um, Fallen is with Denzel and John Goodman. Uh, a really good movie that I like to watch. And then one that's like, whenever it comes on, I have to watch. I don't even know if it's a top three movie for me, but like, I love it so much. It has to be. It's Troy. Great movie. Great I movie. Love Brad, I love Brad Pitt. If we're getting into that sort of thing, catch me if you can. If that's on, I can't turn it off. Or Back to the Future trilogy, if that's on, I cannot turn it off. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, sound off in the comments and ridicule Peter's movie choices, <laughs> even though they're pretty good. Wasn't expecting that, Peter. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for uh, the YouTube portion of our show. We're doing another 30 minutes on AMP. Go download the AMP app. Use code baseball today and come listen to us because we let the hair down after this. Uh, for myself, Peter Moylan, and new producer, umpire Kev back there, uh, thank you for joining us. We'll see you on Monday, 830 Pacific, 1130 Eastern on Baseball Today. See you later.